Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that specifically saved Union Station. I mean, you, you can talk to the people down in Union Station. That movie single-handedly saved that facility. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Are we rolling? Are we on? Hello? I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. All right, joining us now is our Fox 4 film critic, Sean Edwards and Russ Simmons. Good to have you guys. How are you, gentlemen? What's Doing up, well. Nick? Nick's hey, in the house. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about something uh, both of you guys uh, talk about here. Russ was uh, chatting about this a little earlier. Uh, this is about a legacy uh, film and involving Robert Altman. Tell us all of what's happening here, Russ. Well, um, the uh, Cinema KC, which is a local group that helps promote local filmmakers and film in general, uh, they're starting a film series uh, with... Robert Altman's Kansas City. It's a screening that will involve uh, Dana Altman and uh, Robert Reed Altman, who are are offspring of uh, Robert Altman. Jazz reception, all that sort of thing. It's really a kickoff for a series of films that were shot in the Kansas City area. And, you know, over the years, there really have been a lot. People are surprised when you start banding about the titles of famous films that have been shot here in Kansas City. Like, what kind of films? Tell, give us some titles. Just about everything. Of course, you know, Walt Disney had his studio Laughograms, uh, 31st and Troost, and over there uh, they did a lot of uh, animated shorts that have held up over the years. There's a classic series uh, of Alice films that combined live action and animation, which was kind of groundbreaking in those days. And so those are some of the films. Of course, over the years, we also had uh, Robert Altman's first film, The Delinquents, was shot here. There's a uh, really creepy cult classic um, that was shot in Lawrence called Carnival of Souls. And of course, you have um, a Paper Moon, the classic comedy of took place in Depression-era America that won an Oscar for Tatum O'Neill. That was shot here, as well as In Cold Blood, which may be the most acclaimed movie ever shot in the Kansas City area. Uh, there's a famous scene where they're shopping down on Minnesota Avenue in KCK. And, uh, you know, it, the list goes on and on. I, I didn't have enough time to put them all into a single package, but there's quite a few. Well, in this format, luckily, we can talk a lot more about yeah, that. Yeah, and most, most, most recently was American Honey with Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf. Like, so if people want to know some current movies that yeah. have been shot here that was a couple years ago so they're not all old classics to bring some current movies that have been shot in Kansas City but not nearly enough right yeah. and you know what uh, uh, that movie all won the jury prize at the Cannes Film, Film Festival, Festival in 2017 so you know it's doing well right and so Robert Altman has ties to Kansas City what about the what about the talent in Kansas City about movie making I mean does 
does what Robert Altman does, does it trickle down to some people here in Kansas City? Or they're like, does he spread out their roots? And now we're going to see, uh, you know, future directors and producers coming from the Kansas City area. Is this event uh, a chance for somebody to, to maybe learn something and then and maybe, you know, create something, and a star's born, so to speak, in Kansas City? I think it raises the profile, makes people think, hey, yeah, this is a place where you, you can make movies. The real problem is in attracting people financially because there are so many other cities like Atlanta, for example, which has a 30% tax uh, uh, incentive for filmmakers to come and shoot there, and so they do. And people have invested money in, in studio uh, down there. You know, there's that's where most of the Marvel movies are made now, are made in Atlanta, because they that's have this where gigantic most of the studio. Period are, that's where that's most right. of the movies of period are made there. And it's not the city of Atlanta, it's the state of Georgia, to be right. correct. It's, it's the state of Georgia, but Atlanta found it to be very fruitful to develop and build studios and create a system where you can make movies there, but it's actually the the entire state mm -hmm. of Georgia, which has created some really unique incentives. For example, like when you watch a lot of movies and TV shows, you see the Georgia peach at the end of the movie, you get an additional 10% just by placing that logo at the end of your production. So they've done some really clever things to attract the filmmaking industry, which we have not done in the state of Missouri or specifically Kansas City. Now, Kansas City did do something a little different than other states and cities have done. Kansas City singularly created a pool of money for incentives, but the pool of money is too small to attract major studios to shoot films in Kansas City. If you're shooting a short or a smaller production, you could take advantage of that small pool of money. I think it maxed out at like $75,000. That's not enough for craft services on an adventure <laughs> film. So yeah. it's they're, they're, they're trying. The Kansas City Film Commission's working really hard, but when you're fighting up against the state, I don't think it's really going to happen. So you may have future filmmakers who come from Kansas City, but unfortunately they're going to have to go other places in order to, you know, utilize their talent and skill sets. Because there's no way you can shoot a major movie in, in, in Kansas City right now. What about 42? Wasn't that partially done in Kansas City, no, Sean? No, none of it was shot in no. Kansas City. It was... It was they did research here, and some of it was inspired, in the, and they did have some settings that were that took place in Kansas City, but none of the movie was actually shot in Kansas City. But Warner Brothers was kind enough to do a mini premiere here in Kansas City because the Negro League's baseball museum's located here. They had a partnership, so they brought Harrison Ford and Chadwick Boseman and a couple of the other cast to screen the movie out at um, Barry Woods, and it, it sort of functioned as like a, mm -hmm. a, a mini premiere, but unfortunately none of the production actually took place here in Kansas City. Sean, what are some of the movies that, that, that you know of or that you think of when you think about of Kansas City or maybe regionally around our area? I, I mean, naturally the first one that comes to mind, which is why we're celebrating the movie, is, is Kansas City. I mean, Robert Altman was from Kansas City. The movie was called Kansas City. It's one of the first films to ever really sort of like directly focus on Kansas City's jazz heritage and some of the, the gangster activity that took place, particularly in the 18th and Vine area. I love what Robert Altman and his production crew did. They actually built a lot of facades down in that area, and they really ignited the movement to get the Negro Leagues Museum built and the American Jazz Museum built because they sort of revitalized that area by actually shooting in and around 18th and Vine. I thought that was really cool. I don't like the movie. I don't think the movie's very good, but I like what the movie did for the city. And, you know, it, it, it ignited also the revitalization of Union, Union Station, Station because it made it such a high-profile 
worthwhile thing that, at least for the locals, it put them in the mind of, hey, this maybe we need to do something to save this landmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that specifically save Union Station. I mean, you, you can talk to the people down in Union Station. That movie single-handedly saved that facility mm-hmm. because they were actually, the city was actually thinking sure, about yeah. demolishing yeah. the building. And then Robert Altman shot some scenes there, and it, be, it became popular again. Um, it's a really cool thing. I mean, we actually shot a video for Visit KC a couple years ago called Movie Trip where we focused on a lot of locations that were used in and around Kansas City that you can actually still and go visit, like Union Station, like Liberty Memorial, which was featured in The Day After, which is still the most watched TV movie in the history of television when it aired like more than 30 years ago on NBC. That is amazing. Yeah, The Day After is the most watched TV movie ever. Nothing's ever going to break that record now because of the way we watch television. Mm -hmm. So that's going to have the title from here until the the end of time. But there there are a lot of cool, I mean, 18th and Vine has a, a, a wealth of stuff you can do that I in that area where movies have been shot. I mean, a lot of cool things have been done in and around Kansas City in terms of film. It would be great to revive that, but until the the state politicians are on board, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think we're that we're what's, as a state we're not that just, savvy. What's it take? Just take what it takes smart. It well, takes yeah. smart. Well, it right. takes smart politicians to mm. understand the financial benefits of doing that, and unfortunately. We're not our, our state's not run by those type so, of politicians. Okay, so maybe the mechanisms are in place, but what what about like infrastructure? What about space? What about uh, the topography of Kansas Perfect. City? What about this? I mean, is it is this a place where you yes. can make all kinds of movies? Well, sure. because you can shoot contemporary movies here. You can shoot period movies here. We have great architecture. Uh, you can hire cast and crew from the area. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of talented people who can who can work as grips, who can work as you know Even cinematographers, special editors, special effects houses, uh, digital houses. What about actors and actresses? How about the talent here? Well, no. I mean, Up in the Air shot in St. Louis, and a lot of the extras in that movie were actresses and actors from Kansas City who had, like, major roles in that movie. Like Megan Flynn and a couple others who actually live in Kansas City drove down the street to St. Louis to be a part of that movie, which starred George Clooney and Anna Kendricks. So, I mean, that was the last time the state had a big pool of money, and the, the, the people who shot Up in the Air used a big chunk of that. So that might be the most known movie recently shot in the state of Missouri. Well, Gone Girl was also pretty big, too, and it was right. the oh, last yeah. film that actually got the state incentives before they canceled them. And that's too bad because it really generated millions of dollars in the economy for uh, that would be uh, southeast uh, Missouri. Still hey, Toronto, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. They're yeah. still benefiting from that because people go and visit that area. But as you see, most of the productions in the state lean toward the east side, not the west side. We might be getting a little bit too far uh, off uh, track here on my next question. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you guys know the state line gets in the way sometimes because we have yeah. two states. We've got right. – Sean, you've talked about Missouri. Uh, and then we have Kansas, you know, right next door here. Mm-hmm. And trying to get something like, you know – taxes and all that kind of stuff. You bring two <laughs> states involved, then things get really get complicated here. Right. Uh, it's just wonder if you could just include just you know Kansas City, make it a by tax or make it a, make it a you know two state. Well, when it comes to this, idea. yeah, that's not bad. I mean, they did it for Union Station, but it, it, it costs holy hell to get that done. Uh, in terms of film incentives in the state of Kansas, never going to happen. Yeah, I doubt it with the current it's you know uh, administration that it's you know. They think it's fiscally irresponsible to give tax incentives, but if you don't get any business, then, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, uh, 
it's difficult to get anything done. So, do you think in our lifetimes we'll we'll see more movies made in in Kansas City in or Missouri? You, in, yes, in Missouri, you, in Missouri, do, Missouri, you yes. do think so. You do think it will happen eventually. Eventually, well, there's a possibility it can happen in Missouri. It's never going to happen. You can line up all 50 states, and Kansas will be number 50. You know, the, there were were a couple of films that were shot here recently, but it's only because the people involved were so passionate about making sure that it was shot here. Uh, David Desmolchin, who's a guy who grew up here in Kansas City, who's a, a very talented and very uh, kind of well-known character actor. He's going to be an Ant-Man coming up, and he's been in a lot of movies. You'd recognize his face. Uh, he shot a film here last year called um, All Creatures Here Below, and it got the city uh, tax credit, and that's one of the reasons that he wanted, but the main reason is he wanted to shoot in his hometown. Right. It just seems crazy to viewers, people who consume not only movies, but also Netflix, and, uh, and you know, there's this, there's this Hulu television series out there entitled Kansas City. Yeah. And, and, and tell us where it's shot. Atlanta. What's good? It's shooting, it's filming in Atlanta, but that makes, but I've transitioned over to, to producing films, and as a producer, I'm, I'm not going to shoot anywhere where I'm going to lose money. I'm going to shoot somewhere where I can make money, or I'm going to shoot somewhere where my budget will work. And your budget will work in Atlanta. It just won't work in Kansas City. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? Plus, we don't have any houses, and we don't have any studios. I mean, a lot, a large chunk of that Hulu series is going to be shot on a soundstage. There's not a single soundstage in Kansas City, so it's impossible. You know, that a few years ago, I was talking to Paul Rudd, and he did a film that was... The play version was set in Lawrence, Kansas, and he did it on Broadway or off Broadway, mm -hmm. the play. And then when they adapted it into a movie, they changed the location to Southern California. And I said, Paul, why didn't you guys shoot in Lawrence? And he said, we couldn't get any money. He said, the only money. way we could afford to make this movie is to make it in Southern California. Okay, when you talk about getting money, mm -hmm. where's, where, where's he looking for money? Where do you look for money for, for movies? Well, you look for for the tax incentive. So if, if you have a production that's going to cost $20 million and you go to Atlanta, you immediately can save 30% on that. So, yeah. I mean, so you have more money you're working with and you throw the Georgia peach on there. If you have a $20 million production, you get 10% just by putting the logo at the end of your production. You got 30 plus 10. So it, it stretches your budget so you can you can do more things. You can pay your actors more. You can, you can you know, pay the crew more. You can, you can do a lot of things. But... You know, if you come to a city like Kansas City that has no tax incentives, you can't stretch that $20 million and it perhaps may even cost you more because it's a city that's not equipped to, to, sh to shoot that type of film. So you have to run and find a soundstage or you have to shoot in multiple locations where in Atlanta you can shoot everything in one area. And then you can't get discounts on housing your crew in hotels or buying food at the grocery. I mean, you just you can't save any mm. money. Ozark, a huge hit yeah. on Netflix. Right. Not filmed in the Ozarks. Correct. No. They, they shot a few uh, aerial sequences. Aerial the rest some drones. Of, they got some drones. Once again, they got Georgia in there. <laughs> Georgia, man. You but can't make any money. Isn't there a television series that's going to do something at Party Cove? Did you guys hear about that? No, I haven't heard about that. We did a story earlier uh, that there's going to be some TV series or maybe a movie about Party Cove, and they're going to be huh. looking for... Uh, people 21 and over mm -hmm. uh, to participate and have some fun down there in Party Cove. But are you sure they're going to shoot it at Party Cove? 
that's what. They, how could you not shoot at a well, party code? There are a lot of lakes. You can. <laughs> you can fake. You can fake. You can fake a lot of things. In the, you can fake a lot of things in the movie business. I mean, it's. It was just like the Reese Witherspoon movie not too long ago, which took place in Kansas City, and they yeah. shot the whole thing in Atlanta. And you could clearly tell that the airport scene was not KCI. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've been to Hartsfield. That's Hartsfield. <laughs> like, I, I, and I actually talked to her about that, and I said, you know, we've got a whole terminal that's closed. You could have shot in. But it, yeah, it's been closed. Uh, hey, we are visiting with our uh, Fox World Film critics. Sean Edwards and Russ Simmons, and uh, we're I mean, we want more movies to shoot in Kansas City too, because it's easier to get the stars that come to Fox Four and interview them. Because when they're right here, it's easier to drive down the street and like, let's talk about your latest project. That's why every single star is on Fox Five in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but not Fox Four in Kansas City, because they're right there. Uh, You'll see way more famous people in Atlanta than you will in LA. Because I was, I was talking to a couple of directors. At any given time, there's anywhere from thirty to forty productions being shot every single day in Atlanta. Man. Yes. It's booming. It's the new Hollywood. It's Hollywood South. Like, you're more likely to see Brad Pitt in Atlanta than L.A. Tyler Perry has this huge production complex there. That it used to be an old army finance. base. And then there's also the, uh, Marvel Studios has their own. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, Pinewood. Pinewood. It's Pinewood. Pinewood. Studios. But, I mean, they have the facilities where you can do anything. Yeah, you can just shoot Tons. And it wasn't like that 20 years ago. No, this is all not. recent. This is all recent We need activity. somebody with a lot of paper to do exactly what go. they're doing in Atlanta right here in Kansas City. Mimic. And then we'll start then we'll start building, right? It starts at Jefferson City. All right. <laughs> That's where it starts. Uh, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics right now, you guys. Of do course, you really want to? I, I really want to. Okay. And I, I, want to, I want to talk <laughs> about what uh, – because you guys were uh, – I think you guys – we're a little bit far apart in terms of solo a Star Wars story. Creatively, yeah. yeah we yes, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. And I appreciated the difference between both of you guys because I understood both of them. But Solo was taking a beating from all of the critics and, and, and a lot of the media out there for it being lackluster, for it not hitting the right tones, for it not being funny, for it not being Star Wars-like. And so I just, I'll just, let's start with you, Sean, here. You were one who was maybe not as quite high on, on Solo as maybe some of the other critics or maybe some guy like me, right? Well, yeah, no, I, let me preface this by saying I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I just haven't seen a Star Wars movie I've liked since 1980. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, Empire Strikes Back and the first Star Wars are it for me. Everything else has been pretty much garbage. But, I mean, no, I just, I was expecting something a little more spectacular than what we got. I thought it was standard, by the numbers. It was almost like a biopic you would see on television. Like, it's like, this is who he is, this is what he does. But they didn't really go off the beaten path. I I thought the movie was very pedestrian. And I disagree. <laughs> you know, I really, the, the litmus test is whether or not you liked Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. I did not. And he did not, and I did. And the, I think if you like that actor, if you think he did a good job with that, then, then I think that you will like this movie. And, you know, let's face it. The movie has made 200 and almost $70 million. Globally. Globally. If that's not a hit, I don't know what is. The it's problem is hit, though, the movie cost $250 million to make. Oh, wow. I did not know that. (laughs) So how you... you, That's right. So a flop, quote unquote, you know... But it's a flop from a... We're not saying it's a flop creatively, but it is a business flop. Because if 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 I loaned you $250... And then I have to loan you another $150, which is what they did to promote the movie. I've given you $400 million. Mm-hmm. And then you're only giving me back $273 million. I'm like, where's my under $125 million? 
Yeah, that's, that, that's the that's I, the problem. The last estimate I heard, the insiders are saying that they think the studio will lose fifty million dollars on it. Fifty to eighty is because the true cost of the production is always hidden, and they say the true cost of the production may even be more, particularly since they have to switch directors. Because you got to remember, the first two guys they hired to direct the movie, they still got to get paid. Then you got to turn around and pay Ron Howard, who finished the job, and you're not sure of all the other people that were part of the first production that they have to pay. So, I mean, this thing is escalating, and it, it didn't take off at the box office like they thought. I mean, it was already going to struggle globally because Star Wars movies don't have the same international appeal as the Marvel movies, so it's never going to like just blow, blow up. But $115 million foreign is, is pretty soft by today's standards. So we're not saying the movie, like from a viewer standpoint, is a flop, but the movie from a business standpoint is 100% a flop, particularly because it's a part of the Star Wars brand, which is always done fairly well. But those numbers don't jive, and it's definitely going to take a loss. I was uh, reading an article uh, just yesterday, actually, uh, from the UK, and they had marketing experts on, and they said the real failure of Star Wars was in its marketing. They they didn't properly market Alden Ehrenreich and the you know and the other aspects of the film that they had really worked hard to market on other on other Star Wars movies. They were they were coasting marketing wise. What could they have done to better market the movie? Got in a time machine, went back in time <laughs> and realized that Black Panther was going to be a huge hit and go back and rename this the Landau Calrissian movie, then put Donald Glover who's hotter than fish grease front and center then the movie probably makes two, three, four hundred million dollars more. I think that's a great idea. Let's, let's have them make that movie and uh, also, you know, they're making a Boba Fett movie. They can make a Lando Calrissian movie for crying out loud. I have to say Donald Glover, amazing in that movie. He yeah. was incredible in that movie, no doubt about it. I've never heard of that idea. That's a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can go back and redo that now. I mean, I know they're rethinking the, the standalone movie strategy now because, like, the, the, the Star Wars movies, where it's the collective, they work well because you have everybody in one movie. We're all fatigued to Star Wars. Well, I some people are. So I don't. The, the, the fatigue thing is starting to be that new buzzword in, in, in the business. I. I don't think people ever get fatigued of being entertained, but if you entertain them correctly, mm -hmm. then they'll love it and they'll go and they'll support it. I, I think there's a reason why people aren't loving this movie. I, I think you can pinpoint the lead. I think you can pinpoint a little bit of the marketing. I think you can also pinpoint it's also open during a time of a lot of competition. And it was I mean, too right, close on the heels of the other right, Star Wars. Right, it was movie. right in the middle of Deadpool 2 and, and Avengers oh, Infinity yeah. War. Yep. I mean, you got to remember, like, people don't go to the movies every week. It's an expensive thing for a lot of people. So a lot of people are in the, you have to pick and choose what they're going to see. And I think when they had to pick and choose between you know Deadpool, Avengers, and Solo, Solo was the odd movie out. Wow. Uh, so that leads me to my next question. Who's going to care about Bubba Fett? Uh, Nobody. They're not going to make that. They're not going to. That movie's a. That, now that's a, that's going to be a creative and a financial. I I would not make that movie. You know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm, and she's been in this business for a long time. She's had tremendous success. Uh, this could lose her her job, and she was the one making that decision about, about whether or not there's a Boba Fett movie. But uh, had had Solo, you know, done better, you know, you almost certainly would see it. But now it's kind of up in the air. Well, the biggest problem Solo was facing too is that. I think this is the real problem with the movie. People don't really love Han Solo like they love like some other singular characters like Batman or James Bond where anybody can play those characters. They love and Harrison people, Ford. They love Harrison Ford 
as Han Solo. They don't they don't necessarily love Han Solo. And Harrison, you, you can't recapture Harrison Ford's youth. You're not going to put an old Harrison Ford in this because mm-hmm. that didn't work for old Indiana Jones. So, I mean, you were really, you were sort of trapped in the legacy of people loving the swashbuckling, like, you know, you know very swaggy sort of dude, which was Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford really made the character. People don't really love the character like some other singular characters. So I think that was the biggest problem is, you, is there's no Harrison Ford anywhere attached to this whatsoever. And, it's, and that, that, come on, that, no matter who they cast as Han Solo was going to be tough, but that kid definitely did not have the mojo. Wow. I'm, what I'm, did you think, Nick? Well, I'm fanboy over here, first off, okay? And I'm learning a lot of stuff from you guys here about uh, Solo and about a lot of st- other stuff going on behind it. You know, I uh, like many people. I wasn't sure how Alden Ehrenreich was gonna was gonna play as as uh, Han Solo, <laughs> and, and 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 quite honestly, in the first part of the movie, I was not sold. Mm-hmm. But he won me over by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, I think it was worth my money. All right, I was entertained. There were See, enough the twists and turns. Right. There was enough twists and turns, and, and me being a fan of the of the franchise, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, now there were some there there were some it wasn't super intense like some of the, the, the you know the first trilogy that came mm-hmm. out of course right but um, it was enough to satisfy me mm-hmm. so to speak and and and, and it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a, a ten it was probably you know six and I think maybe they were their attempt at humor I think fell flat a couple of times during during the course of the movie. Well, and, you know, one of the problems with the original two uh, directors, the guys that did the Lego movie, uh, they uh, wanted to make it more comic, like Thor Ragnarok, you know, was a, almost a complete comedy. Uh, and Kathleen Kennedy and the other powers that be at Lucasfilm says, uh-uh, make it more like a real Star Wars movie. And so they had to do a lot of reshoots, which caused the production budget to go up to 250. You know, I think that's a problem. I, I think that the I think the gatekeepers are being a little overprotective of, of the formula of, of the formula. Yeah, I, I, just, I mean, why, I mean, just 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 go for it. But I, they I, are afraid of it going back to where Lucas Revenge of the Sith, yes. uh, Phantom of the Menace. Well, those, were they, those, those were bad. Those were terrible. Let's be honest, were they were bad. awful. Those were bad. Those were bad. And so I think they're afraid of that, and that's why they're yeah. afraid of getting outside the box and thinking of something new. That's why they're. Bring it back solo, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Thor Ragnarok, the comic version, was a huge hit. And it was completely different from the and first two Thor yeah. movies. It was completely different. Because, I mean, Better. when, I, when, I, when I initially started watching the, the, the third version of Thor, I'm like, I thought I was in the wrong movie. But by the <laughs> end, it worked. I, I don't know what they can... I mean, the Star Wars thing is, is such a... I mean, it's, it's a huge challenge. And I'm just not a big fan of the standalone movies. I just... I think people will get tired of it because I know which characters can actually carry a fully mm-hmm. you know, feature film and make it interesting all the way through. I mean, I mean, I guess if you had to choose one, Solo would be it. But I still say I think the Disney people wish they could get in the time machine and they would mm-hmm. totally, they would have totally flipped this around. But, I mean, they also didn't know what they had with Black Panther either. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's, you don't know sometimes until you unleash these movies onto the world and how they're, how they're going to play, how they're going to work. You just, you never, you never really know. But I will say the coolest thing about the solo movies were the posters. I thought the posters were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the, posters were great. the posters were great. Man, those posters are all, I actually won a couple of the posters. The posters were awesome. I was well, like, okay, they're moving down the right direction. As a kid who used to collect movie posters, that's good. I'm going to go check yeah, yeah, one no, out. The posters, mm-hmm. No, the actual the posters yeah. were great. And Donald Glover was great. And Tandy Newton was great. And Woody Harrelson was fantastic. I'm, I'm going to put all the blame on the lead. I mean, 
Any, he had a bad name. Nobody can remember his name. <laughs> hey, that that matters. That does that matter, and that's so true, Sean. It just makes me name. wonder where is it going to go from here? Because well, there definitely I, ain't going to be no solo too. No, <laughs> not, and, and Bubba Fett may get shot down too, right? It could be. It could we'll be. See. I, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it because I mean, Bubba Fett wears a helmet the whole time. But you know what? Just, like this, this movie. Uh, it's not the end of the franchise by any stretch because it's still, you know, a cash cow, and they're not going to let that cash cow die. They're going to figure it out. They'll figure it out, but you can't, you can't keep making movies that lose fifty to eighty million. No, no, then they will be the old Disney again. You got to remember, just ten years ago, Disney was in the tank. <laughs> they, they weren't, they weren't putting out anything. But it, it'd be, a, it'd be a fun bet to see if the next standalone movies they hit first or if Missouri approves mm-hmm. a tax incentive. Which one will happen first? Wow. <laughs> All Maybe right. both will happen, and they can shoot the next Star Wars movie in Kansas City. Ah, uh, there you go. And, uh, that, I mean, <laughs> and you guys got to get me in. I got to get nah, a part be, somehow, nah, all right? Fr- you'll be front and center <laughs> on that one. I don't know. We'll get Kevin Wilmot to make something happen. Yeah, and I'll get all my friends over at the 501st Legion to come down here. They there get all go. kinds of Star Wars characters and costumes that we can use. Nah, you we know? Can make, yeah, we can make that happen. <laughs> now, hopefully, I mean, we want that to happen, too. That puts us in a better position. Oh. I mean, they start shooting movies here. We'll be in heaven, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. But I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm rooting for it. I actually own an original Star Wars poster that I found on accident at a record store in Denver. And they wow. had it in this bin. And I was flipping through, and it's like, wait a minute. Because they had it in the bin, it was like only $10. But they didn't know what it was. And I, I, try, I tried to pay more for it, but they said, no, that just is give so us cool. 10 I have one of the original Star Wars posters. It was one of the original artwork. It's black and white. Oh, I know used that to, hang, Used to be hanging right up, had it hanging right above my bed for so many years. I've got it rolled up somewhere in the house. I don't know where it is, but gotta, I still gotta, got it. You've got to break that one back yeah. out. I keep that. No, that Star Wars poster's framed forever. That's hey. the... That's the one. This podcast thing is fun, don't you think, guys? Oh, I mean, I chat it. about a lot of well, stuff. Well, yeah, because when you only get two and a half minutes on air, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. To, sometimes it's hard to talk about a movie or a subject. Like it's hard to talk about like why they don't shoot movies in Kansas City in two minutes. Sometimes right. it's hard to review a movie and just you know because we mm-hmm. get three minutes sometimes to talk about two, three, four movies, and some movies deserve a lot more discussion. And like to have an expert and a big fan of Star Wars talk about Solo with us is this is what you want. This is perfect. Well, we can our, break this. We can break this down all the time. <laughs> our Fox Four film critics Sean Edwards and Russ Simmons. I know you guys will be back. We should make this a weekly thing. I don't think I ever knew that the film Kansas City sparked the revitalization of Union Station and the growth and preservation of the 18th and Vine District. Union Station today in Kansas City is such a iconic place around here. Some interesting history and interesting insight from our Fox Four film critics Sean Edwards and Russ Simmons. Check out fox4kc.com and click on the podcast tab to subscribe to Signal Hill. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Be sure to check our website for new episodes. Hope to talk to you next time. I'm Nick Vassos on Signal Hill.